pungent Warning. chewy. It gets me a pungent chewy. I was going to save it and I'll probably bring it back up on the Star Trek podcast, JJ. Mm-hmm. But I saw a gif of Pike and we, we left it a cliffhanger because last time we recorded, I think uh, we didn't know what his what his engage was going to be. Yeah, that's true. It is hit it. Okay. I like that. Yeah. It makes me think of the Blues Brothers. He looks more smarmy than the Blues Brothers when he sits back in the chair in this gift that I'm looking at. Okay. Uh, let's see if I can find it, but it's probably not a good idea to do right now because then I got to like <laughs> go through a Twitter stream of however long ago it was, but... Welcome back. We were gamers. Episode 141. I can remember it, it this time. Well done. I'm going to put an applause sound effect. Thank you. <laughs> we deserve it, honestly. We really we do. I think we do. There's JJ. Hello. Michael. Hey, everybody. I'm Andy. We're back as a crew. Doing normal crew things, I mean, pretty normal on this podcast for us all to talk about how our cars don't work. Wait, is that normal? It oh. feels, at the very least, it's a recurring feature. It feels like yeah. the adulting minute is less homeowners minutes and more what broke on whose car. Yeah, recurring features, right, Michael? Uh, I was correct. Our Ford SUV had another pan leak. Which is Sheesh. the third one in a five-year-old vehicle. Go explain how that's not a defect of the machine. I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, hey, problem. they're paying for it, right? I guess. I guess until 100,000 miles, they'll keep paying for it. So, Guess at 100,000 miles, you get a different car. <laughs> <laughs> or learning how to replace it. At 99,000 <laughs> 99, miles, you're going to drill a hole in the pan you have. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Drive over a lot of rough terrain. <laughs> yeah good point um there's still a few outstanding issues but i might get my car speed let's roll back for a second uh jj and i are we're without cars this past week <laughs> yeah thankfully mine was a relatively quick visit yeah i also uh little til moment with our electric vehicle would you like to know that you can jump start an electric car that makes sense. Yeah, that that is not super surprising. I it makes sense to me only because the thing you're jump starting is electric anyway. So of course you could use electricity to jump start it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you can't really charge it up. the The drive batteries are not what jump starts. I guess they use this twelve volt, like a twelve volt in your normal car, um, to manage the electronic systems. And then when you charge is it separate starter battery basically yeah it's a starter battery for the car huh. so that your computers and everything else it can shut off the lithium or whatever the car batteries are made out of i assume it's lithium cells yeah um, lithium ion and then maintain all the functions off that little 12 volt which gets charged whenever you charge the car the 12 volt in our electric car was seven years old so that was time to get replaced 
seems reasonable. Yep. So it was a fun week for our vehicles. Hopefully we're on the mend over here without uh, a crazy amount of cash having been outflowed. Did they ever figure out what was wrong with your car? Uh, they did. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, I noticed uh, at when I had left one of the, or my office for lunch at one point, I noticed there was a nice little pool uh, under the car. Oh. But I could not be sure what it was because it could have been like the air conditioner, you know, as happens. Taste right. it. Yeah, so I did that, uh, which maybe you shouldn't do. <laughs> did it not taste Since, like water? <laughs> oh, no, it tasted absolutely not like water. Then you know oh, that no. it's a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, you can also tell by the color. Sure. If it's I had dipped, say, a piece of paper in it, that might yeah. have solved that issue sure. without potentially allowing myself to be poisoned with toxic chemicals. You know what? We've eaten battery acid on this podcast, so it can't be that bad. What's this wee stuff? <laughs> Not intentionally. Um, but anyway, yes, I did do the taste test, and it tasted sweet, and so I knew that that meant that it was coolant. Yep. Uh, and took the next day, uh, took the car in after noting that also, yes, it was continuing to leak out at home. Oh, my. Uh, and the color the color was certainly the wrong color. <laughs> uh, so I took it into the shop, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, we'll take a look at it. Um, but you know, you're, pr we're pretty sure also based on what you told us, <laughs> uh, there's definitely a part of this coolant system that has been, uh, it's not like it breaks all the time, but it breaks relatively frequently, especially given that my car is approaching the hundred thousand mile mark. I'm at like, you know, 97,000 and change. Uh, so they're like, yeah, it's probably this. We'll see anyway. So they oh. called me back later. Uh, and let me know. They're like, yep, it was the thing we thought. We have one in stock already. It'll be done by the end of the day. Uh, and it was. Well, wow. that's not terrible. Get it turned around fast. Yeah, I was actually impressed that they had it in stock and did it that day. Uh, and then when I, when I asked them, I'm like, so this part breaks like relatively frequently. Are there like, it's a plastic tank, essentially, which was leaking. Sure. Uh, and... I was like, so they're like, you know, metal ones or ones that like don't leak as easily, thicker plastic, something like that. He's like, no, nope, no one makes them. These parts break on all kinds of cars. It's the same part. They never fix it. It's fine. And I'm like, it doesn't seem fine. But it is the same one my car came with. So I guess it's no worse than it was. My it seems weird that there wouldn't be like an upgraded version of that part. Wow. Did you know that coolant was sweet because of Top Gear? Uh, I don't know if I learned it there or not. I assimilated that knowledge from somewhere, though, because <laughs> I knew for sure before I tested it that if it tasted sweet, it was <laughs> That's what they taught you in uh, engineering school, I assume. Speaking of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not fully caught up, but that new Top Gear series is kind of interesting and maybe good. Yes, uh, people should watch the new season. It's out. Uh, the first episode is good, and the second and third episodes, which is a two-parter, is a travel special and is very good. Columbia. They go to Columbia. Yes, they do. Yeah. In the jungle. Yes. <laughs> uh, I won't say all the cars are beaters, but they're not nice and new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're not exactly what i would have taken into the jungle maybe 
there's a couple of them that seem re- like noble choices, and then there's one it's like why. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, people no. should go see that on Amazon uh, streaming with your Prime subscription. It's good. Uh, I watched both parts. Liked it very much. I agree. All right. Uh, speaking of streaming, just real quick, that Punisher show it was more Punisher. Okay. In case people are into that. If you're not uh, into that, you're not going to be into this. <laughs> I think that Punisher series was well regarded, right? I think the first one was. It dealt with a lot of um, more uh, PTSD style uh, psychological issues as well than that this one does not. This one focuses a little bit more on uh, uh, fundamentalist themes, principles of uh, what you think is right and wrong. You know, last season was definitely more like, I know what's right and I know what's wrong and here are the bad guys. And this one's like, well, I don't know who the bad guys are all the time in this. And Frank Castle, you're not really a good guy, it turns out. <laughs> so That's very in line with The Punisher, though, right? Yeah, I don't I, think I, that I, it's yeah. out of line with what The Punisher has been written as in the past. And I know that there's a lot of uh, stuff outside of The Punisher that might be worth talking about on something like waypoint but not here and today so we'll just say if you liked that old one you'll like this new one well i have a quick streaming update also uh i watched that new netflix movie polar okay also uh, very in line with the punisher <laughs> yes yes uh it, it is extremely r-rated <laughs> yeah uh but it was good. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is a uh, assassin who is getting ready to retire, and uh, some people are trying to kill him for his pension. Essentially, Mads Mikkelsen does John Wick twenty twenty. Yeah, kind of. But he's too, he he's old and he acts old, <laughs> or no, not like acts old, but he is like you know he is an an old man compared with all these people who are trying to kill him. So you kind of get the like old guy vengeance theme i see the uh so, yeah, grand torino a little bit yeah a little bit okay so, uh i like that very much it is extremely r-rated so you know uh violence and sex and all that stuff so well michael you're now on the hook to do a streaming update because because just just because well yeah uh, we did one i don't know if i have one right off the, oh, right off the uh, what are you doing with your life <laughs> all right all right uh let's do our thing let's do our new thing the quick we gotta find it you know we've come up with the adulting minute we did a good job there we finally landed on fantasy football that was pretty yep. good yep uh the component class was an excellent choice we gotta come up with something better than me doing this weird intro to our quick quick hits on news if you have an idea for that, podcast at wewergamers.com, and we'll choose the first one that comes in. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, probably not. <laughs> we better email one. <laughs> <laughs> Michael emails the first one before this one releases on Wednesday. That's funny. Uh, reminder for everybody, also, since we did the little uh, podcast at wewergamers.com there, we are also now on YouTube, youtube.com, search we Were Gamers. We've got all our Star Trek episodes that are there. 
the most recent episodes are there. Some backlog of episodes will go up there. Like, you know, if you're into component class, we'll organize them into playlists. You should you should check that out. Yeah, it's they'll all get it. up there eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to know, before I talk about my... Well, my news story is this. They are making a, I assume, Bluetooth. 8-Bit... 8-Bit Doe is the company. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They make retro stuff. Yeah, and a lot of cool wireless controllers, too. Okay, good. I did not know them before this article. I looked them up and said, they make retro stuff. So you knew them before this for making controllers and things? Yes. Okay. They are making a Sega Genesis controller for the Switch. Ooh. What? Yes. So that Why? you can play you can play the Sonic games the way they were originally intended to be played. That is the the gift that came with it, that's for sure. It's people playing that Sonic game on a Switch mobile with the Bluetooth Genesis uh controller. I'm I'm gonna do a hot take for you. Okay. I, I, I owned a Genesis for a while. I don't anymore. It was a nomad, you know, the, the original Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I think the Genesis controller sucks. Yeah, it's not the best controller, that's for sure. You know, in one hand, good for them and people that want this, I guess. I just, I have no desire to have that at all. (laughs) Correct. But it sounds like my take is lukewarm. (laughs) I thought it would be hotter. (laughs) I mean... I don't have I don't have enough memory of the Genesis controllers to be able to dispute you on that even if I wanted to. Yeah. I think the thing that is telling is that a lot of those 8-bit-o controllers they've released, they've released like wireless controllers for the SNES and the NES Classic as well yeah. in the past and a bunch of stuff like that. And then they eventually release versions of those controllers with analog sticks so that you can use them to play modern games also. I see. And that always seems to me to be the telling thing of like, actually, people just want controllers that you can play everything with. Yeah. In which case, then an accurate Genesis controller is double useless. Right. Yeah. Turn your. It doesn't have, doesn't have four buttons. It only has three, right? Uh, Genesis controller has six buttons, six. in fact. Yeah. That's why oh, it sucks. You're right. Two, yeah. two right. rows of three. Two rows of three. Okay. And they are. Yeah. And thinking about them now, that is a god-awful idea. So your L and R's are like also handicapped because you have to use your thumbs. E- was an error, and I don't think there was an L and R. There was no L and R. Uh, on the SNES there is, though. On the yeah, SNES, on the I don't SNES. think there was one on the Genesis, was there? No, no there wasn't. I'm saying no. it's the same number of buttons. They've just moved the L and R oh, to your thumb. Yeah, sure. It, it, that's what I'm saying, and that's why I said the Genesis controller sucks. The ergonomics of that is just dumb. Like, Agreed. Why six buttons? That they did it just to have more buttons, rather than thinking about it. Anyway. Okay. Well, perhaps uh, Sega did what Nintendo didn't. Nintendo don't continue on this story because it's supposed to be quick hits. <laughs> Dad jokes. Mm-hmm. We got them. Mm-hmm. Can I... I'm going to interrupt that because Nintendo don't reminded me. I think that the Switch is the perfect gaming system, but I have a bad feeling that I want one thing that it will never happen, 
I want it to be compatible with UPnP servers. Yeah, I would uh, not hold my breath for that. <laughs> it would be the ultimate system of all time if you could just set it on that little kickstand, connect to your UPnP, play little videos from there, or whatever else you wanted to. Because, wow. Okay, I'm off topic. It's not my news time anymore. It's somebody else's. Michael? Yeah, so what I found was interesting and is, I guess, tangentially related to the news, but the news story was only what got me to what I found to be the more interesting part. So you guys might have seen an article from a week or so ago that was going around about a gold-plated Wii that got sent to Buckingham Palace as part of a promotional stunt. What? (laughs) <laughs> so this was this happened this in was 2009. Ago. Yeah, this yeah, was a this long, long in 2009. Time ago. THQ, oh, okay, okay. I THQ thought someone sent this like a, no, this week. No. Yeah, I was like, what? Um, <laughs> THQ sent a gold-plated Wii to Buckingham Palace to promote their uh, big family games game, um, and for whatever reason. It never got signed for when it arrived at the palace, so they shipped it back to THQ, and it wound up in the hands of one of the employees who turned around and sold it to a collector. And so years passed, nothing ever came of this until it resurfaced again in the last couple of weeks as having fallen into the hands of one of the people who runs a website called consolevariations.com. Ooh. And console variations is apparently devoted to documenting in one place all the variations of every console put out by Nintendo, Atari, Sega, Sony, Microsoft, and Neo Geo. Wow. There's some got to be some missing. (laughs) It's basically just a big online library of all these super random one off console variations from all the the major players it's like those history guys when they go out and find rare copies of games and then rom rom them so that they don't they're not forgotten or lost yeah yeah the video game i think is it the video game history archive or something like that mm-hmm. anyway they do good work definitely yeah okay so did somebody get in trouble for this gold-plated wii no. So it's, I mean, everything that happened was completely above board, right? The package wasn't signed for, so it got sent back. It wound up in the hands of an employee. Um, they, I guess that, you know, however they decided internally at THQ, this was the employee that got it. THQ went away as a company. So the employee just wound up with this gold, 24 karat gold plated Wii found a collector for it and then i guess it changed hands a time or two that is the best and the worst kind of news where it is like (laughs) pure (laughs) trivia but also like super interesting yeah it's just this little story that i saw pop up the other day and you know the story itself is interesting but the the trove of this website is pretty fantastic i think that the one-off consoles are cool and i also think that the themed consoles are cool. Like, you know, the Zelda-themed consoles. I mean, Nintendo is especially... I was going to say, do you like those limited edition ones that Sony does for, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 or Black sure, Ops 4 sure, or whatever? Right. Nintendo does this with their 3DSs, like, almost all the time. 
Yeah, they do. I'm into that. They used to do that with their 3DSs when the 3DS was a thing. Shh, man, don't kill my dreams. (laughs) All right, JJ, what's your... Uh, I have a quick hit here on an update that was recently pushed out to Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. Oh, boy. They added a turn-based mode to a game that is real-time combat (laughs) with pause. So real-time combat with pause is like Dragon Age 1, right? Uh, Yeah, like Dragon Age 1 and the uh, Baldur's Gate series of games on PC from the past. Where essentially a lot of combat is like cue cue the next action the character's going to do, unpause, wait for them to do the action, cue the next act, pause, cue the next action they're going to do, unpause, especially in boss fights maybe. Yeah, it definitely matters more in boss fights than, you know, various encounters. But there's a lot of stuff that a real-time game then doesn't bother managing. It's like they don't bother having a stat for, like, how fast you can go. They don't bother having a stat for, like, you know, uh, how many actions you get a turn or those sort of things. Because it's just like, well, you get your actions per time slice, right? Sure. Well, right. how do you divide that up into a turn-based thing where you only get one turn before everyone else gets a turn? Uh, which I think is crazy. And based on, I've been playing that game, uh, sort of uh, segueing here. Uh, <laughs> I I don't understand how you can cut this game up into turn-based combat without, like, big problems. So I'm curious uh, to try it out, because apparently, uh, in order to try it, you have to start a new game from the beginning. I was going to ask, what? Oh. how are they doing that? Because is it an option? Can you go in when you start your new game yes. and say, oh, so you don't have to do it? You can say, I want... And it is listed as a, it's listed as a beta, so I'm not sure what that means. But, like, things I can say about the beginning of that game, and even, like, the middle parts of that game, there are a lot of encounters where you have, like, your little party of uh, up to five, and the monsters are many, many more than five in some cases. (laughs) You're fighting, like, you know, 15 spiders, or a spider that dies and spawns two other spiders, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And, uh... If all of those spiders got a turn in between my guys getting a turn... That's a lot of spiders. Right, because uh, in a real time you could run your I guys one wipe, direction and flank them or, or something. Or potentially like, wipe out all the spiders before they get to act. I see. Because like, I had a fireball that was already coming and the guy died just in time. It spawns the spiders, the fireball hits, and they all die. Like You, you can do stuff like that. Where in a turn-based combat, you are not able to do that. Because they're guaranteed to get an action between you. Uh, which then, you know, makes combat take a lot longer, which I don't know if that's good. Uh, the combat can definitely be over very quickly in this game, um, which is a downside, I guess. You don't have to spend a lot of time thinking and using all your skills when your guys can just, like, run up and five people dogpile the one giant enemy, right? <laughs> right. I have used strategies like cast a giant AoE silence and then run in and hit the dragon very hard so that it's at half health by the time it takes an action kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm curious to try that out. I don't, I'm just, I'm just, I'm blown away at the idea that they're like, you know, what if we change the entire core combat of the game to something else in a patch? <laughs> That's a weird patch. That's a big patch. Yeah. Yeah. 
You'd think that yeah, would be so, DLC or something. Right. Uh, and, you know, they do have, uh, there's DLC released for this game. Their DLC roadmap is complete as far as I know. Um, and that's just baffling to me. I don't understand. So I'm curious to try it out. Uh, I wonder if maybe some of the fights that later on or in the middle of the game might get kind of overwhelming, especially since at the beginning of that game, you can be pretty weak if you're not, uh, you know, min maxing and that kind of stuff. I wonder if maybe it makes the kind of easygoing nature of the character building in that game a little more stringent. If you're not a holy slayer. Well, that's what I chose, but, you know, <laughs> you know, I wonder if you're like random ranger barbarian hybrid might be less viable or maybe their class balance is really good and everything works. I don't know. I tended to like the Dragon Age style Mass Effect maybe style. Uh, Mass Effect's kind of that style. Yeah. Mass Effect is a shooter, though. Yeah, but it's still rolling dice on stuff back there. It is. It is. And real time with pause combat, to be clear, is completely dice based. There are, there are to hit rolls and damage rolls and all that stuff. It's just behind the scenes. And, you know, you can turn it on in the combat log if you want. Knights of the Old Republic, also kind of real time combat, yep. which is dice based. I think. Hmm. I don't know that I have a preference between the two. I think that those are different games. You've got two games in one package here. And that's the thing that I think is the craziest part, because like I also like Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2, which are pure turn-based games and are really fun and great games, but they you could not just all of a sudden make the combat happen simultaneously in those games. All your characters would die instantly. Do you have a preference there, Michael? Um, I think I lean towards the real-time with pause. Like I had the I had the first Dragon Age and really like that. I think the thing that people don't like about it is that it is very fast. Mm -hmm. And so it's very tough to control like that kind of an interface where you have to select your people with the mouse and move them around. And like you can't ever have a game like that on a console. Oh, definitely not. No, it wouldn't work. So I'm maybe that's like it kind of makes it a PC only type of a game. Um, so is this is this signaling the ps4 launch of this game or the i think it's too big a game for the switch i would assume that maybe it's they're pointing towards potentially doing a console release in the future Mm -hmm. um but i don't know it it is listed as a beta so you know i i think i'll finish my uh playthrough here and then maybe swap over and check it out for a while just because i'm curious close to done you think uh, I've started doing some of the DLC quests and stuff, so I'm definitely on the downslope. It has been pretty great so far. Um, how many hours is that to kind of get to that downslope, or if you didn't get the DLC? Uh, I think I was looking at like how long to beat and stuff, and they're saying that the main quest is like 50 hours or something total. I'm not sure how much of the time I've spent actually is that since I feel like I've done more side stuff than the main stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the side stuff has been more fun in a lot of cases of the main stuff anyway. So going around being a pirate or an anti-pirate or... Wait, wait, wait. An whatever. anti-pirate? Isn't that just being the law? Well, yeah. In some cases, the pirates are doing things that suck, so you want to stop them. But in some cases, they're doing stuff that's good. 
got to pick and choose, you know. Sounds like vigilantism there, man. There's a lot of factions. You got to support the right ones. <laughs> Speaking of hours. How do we spend them? Smash just keeps going. Oh, no. I thought <laughs> we were close to done. World of World of Light just keeps going. So, spoiler alert. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you have not played World of Light and you don't want to know what the end of the game looks like, don't listen to this segment. <laughs> I beat the bad guy. You know, good. at first you beat the the Galim, the Lord of Light, and you're like, I beat the bad guy. And they're like, oh, no, the bad guy is actually the other guy. And we played that music like last episode or the episode before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We thought, oh, it's the hero music as he runs to the tower to defeat the real bad guy. So I beat that guy, and then there's another world that opens up there, guys. Oh, no. It's just as big as the last one. <laughs> They're doing the, there's another world inside this world, inside this world. So. Gotta go deeper. So. How they, many turtles are all the way down? <laughs> <laughs> you get another cutscene, and uh turns out Galeem and Darkon are now fighting for control. And the fighters you have freed notice that they are just vying for control of this world and you get another map and this is actually really cool and i dig the how they did this there are spirits on this map and something i did not notice before was in the light world the spirits were white and in the dark world the spirits were black and so on this map if you defeat a spirit of the light there's a background to the map that shifts one way or the other so if you go and you defeat all the light spirits, dark wins. Mm, if you go defeat all the dark spirits, light wins. Both of those screens make you lose the game. <laughs> of so course they do. <laughs> so you have to kill them or defeat them. You're not killing them, right? You're freeing them. Uh, one, then the other, then one, then the other, then one, then the other. How uh, far, so how far in each direction can you go? You can push pretty far. You can go, you, you don't have to do one, then the other. You could do like five and then five and then five and okay. then five. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, that's a lot of walking back and forth. Yeah, but it, the distance gets pretty far, especially after you defeat the like mini sub bosses and more areas open up with more spirits to fight. <laughs> it just doesn't end. Maybe it's the kind of game that isn't meant to end. My God. I really hope World of Light ends. <laughs> I need to put this game down. It's too bad that it's fun. Is that a that's a terrible thing to say about a video game? Is that the first time someone's ever said, "Man, it sucks that this game is fun." It does suck that this is fun. I took a break from it though. <laughs> I'd had to take a break from. I'm like, my hands some days are just too tired to fight well in this game. You know. Uh. The quick, sure. the quick reactions are just not there, uh, especially in boss fights. Sometimes you just, the boss fights can be long, and if you get, your hands get tired at the end, then you don't react quick enough, and then you lose on that one hit or whatever. And it's, that's, that can be not frustrating in a, like, throw your switch kind of way, but can be frustrating in the time lost, and, like, you don't want to do it again for a day or two. Um. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So that's enough about Smash for the people now returning to us 
But I did take a break from that to try out another game I want to tell you guys about or ask you guys about for a second. Do either of you, I know Michael, you used to play Record Keeper. Yeah. JJ, you and I both played that Fire Emblem free-to-play game. Oh, yeah. Do you keep a regular free-to-play game on your phone that you just have going? Like, that's your thing? Uh, yeah, I, still I had have... that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I still have Record Keeper. Okay. Yeah, I used to be really into Puzzle and Dragons several years ago. Uh, I fell off of that, and then I fell off of the uh, the Fire Emblem one, and I don't currently have one right now. I think you and I fell off of Fire Emblem about the same time. Yep. When they ran out of story stuff the first time, I think. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was like, eh, I'm good. I played for a bit longer through some of their like events and stuff, but then I was like, you know what? No, this is just going to be more of this. I'm done. Yeah. It became pretty clear what their release roadmap looked like, and mm-hmm. uh, real real Fire Emblem was just as good, if not better. <laughs> it was cool to play like Tika and Viserion and all those people together. I n- have never ascribed to the theory that you like just keep a game on your phone that is a free to play game to keep you busy all the time. I think if it's fun, it's fun. Uh, like maybe Michael, you think about record keeper and it's fun enough to keep it on your phone yeah so i got dragged into a free-to-play game because it was skinned with some star trek oh yes a released last year in november i believe i just saw an ad for it a few days ago star trek fleet command is this also a card game in the way that these other ones have been are you feeding ships to your ships to level them up (laughs) No, no, not... You have to blow up the Enterprise to get a better Enterprise. No, not really, no. It's more styled after, and I'm say styled after very loosely here, a 4X game. Okay, so maybe the, like, closer to the Clash of Clans style of game? Yeah, probably more like that. And you gotta Uh, send them against people? No, no, um... It's it's styled a little bit more 4X. It's also a persistent universe. So your base and your ships exist all the time, whether you're logged in or not. Oh, and that, cool. yeah, that is the cool part and the downfall of this game. It's it's so you you have a base, like a star base. In the star base is all your buildings, quote unquote. Like, there's an academy, there's an operations center, there are refineries and generators and science research centers, just like a a 4X-style game. It has a research tree. You can upgrade your ships in the research tree. Uh, You can upgrade your base in the research tree. You have ships. Ships have to have dry docks. Uh, The first couple ships I had, I didn't even... I've never seen them before in Star Trek. They just seemed made up for this game, maybe. Okay. You do missions. The missions were kind of cool. You fly around space and you have to either blow up enemies. Like there's um, there's just mobs, you know. The game looks very pretty, especially zoomed in. There's a lot of cool graphics and stuff like that. Uh, you get to run into all the people. It's just set in the Abramsverse, the B... 
universe with uh, Chris Pine Kirk and all those guys, and you run into all them. Oh, okay, you can, so it's like plausible deniability. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is after the first movie, so the first couple missions, you're actually tracking down the survivors of the Narud, the uh, the Romulan ship that came through with Spock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you can choose to hand them over to the Romulan Empire. You can choose to hand them over to the Starfleet. You can choose to give them some of them to the Klingons. And you actually earn rep with factions. And rep with factions helps you unlock spa- faction specific ships. So, like, if you want the Enterprise, you got to have. You got to have enough rep with the Starfleet to get. Right. If you want those things. So, that part was cool and engaging. Um, kind of building up your. Building up your buildings for the first couple hours maybe is kind of engaging as well. Going around exploring space is kind of cool. And all of it holds up for a little while, I think, until you kind of realize how on rails it is. And then the free-to-play stuff starts to kick in. So I got I got maybe 10 hours into it and then the timers start to kick in. Oh, I'm upgrading this and now it takes an hour instead of five minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, oh, I only thought there were three resources in the game, but now I want to build level 10 ships and I have to go find three new types of resources that don't exist yet in the sectors of space that I've been allowed to go to. Well, um, you could pay five ninety nine, and that timer would end right now and oh, you would get three yes, resources. Sure, yeah, you could. And, oh, you know, another good way to get resources is to go mine them in space, but... If you're level 10, your ships can get blown up by other ships. Let me tell you how many times your ships get blown up by other ships if you go try to mine things in space. <laughs> Is it all 100% of the time? It's uh, If you leave them for more than 30 minutes, it's exactly 100% of the time. So you get to that point where you realize, like, I can't just focus on economy. It's not a 4X in that instance where you're like, I, I choose research to be my thing or I choose shipbuilding to be my thing. And I, I have designed my, no, no, no. You can't upgrade the shipyard until you upgrade the Academy. You can't upgrade the Academy until you upgrade the thing. And it's all on timers, which really sinks because the music in it is all Michael Giacchino music from, from Star Trek. They paid for that. Oh, nice. They paid for all the actors pictures, right? You know, um, uh, I have a question though. Yeah, Are yeah. you some kind of monster who plays mobile games with the sound on? I I do when I'm checking them out to talk about on this. Okay, and not I, like if you're, you know, in public or no. Let's places. let's clarify this. After about thirty minutes, I heard all the music this game had to offer. Okay, so then Fair it enough. got turned off because I said that's cool. I have all those soundtracks. Okay. It's very cool <laughs> that they licensed like the good stuff though. That's like pretty rare for mobile games, I feel. They did a really good job licensing this game. They did a really good job skinning this game. It is I I'm very surprised at how pretty it is, considering the scale of it. It goes down to planets. You can zoom all the way out to this like tactical view where ships are just green, red, and blue dots and yellow dots. And uh, it all looks pretty all the way up. But then you just get into that it's so on rails and it's all currency, 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 currency on top of other currency. And I just you know, lose track and then it becomes too free to play. So thank you, Star Trek Fleet Command, for 10 fun hours. 
that's not too bad. I mean, 10 hours on a mobile game could be pretty decent, I think. Free to play, I guess. Yeah. If you don't spend the money. But uh, I want this game made by a studio for it to cost like $50 and be PC only. You want the theoretical... Yeah, I want yeah. the real Star Trek Space 4X simulator where I have to expand the Federation or whatever. That would be a fun game. I don't know. I liked the bad Star Wars RTSs in Dude, the past. So. Empire at War? Fantastic. Yeah, that, that game had problems, but I liked it. Maybe that's what I want. Maybe I just want Star Trek Empire at War 2019. That's it. I'd, I'd play it. Yeah, that's it. Don't. Don't you don't have to play Fleet Command is what I'm saying, even though it's Star Trek skin. But thank you for the thank little... you for freeing me from that responsibility. No problem, no problem, Michael. <laughs> what have you been playing? Well, I uh, I've trying I've been trying to figure out lately what to uh, what I want to really dive into next. This has been a big um, debate for you. I I've heard about this for a few weeks where you're like I don't know what I'm going to play after this, and then it was yeah, like so I'm, I'm done with that, and I don't well know what I want to play, and I'm not playing anything. It, it was kind of like a inertia thing. I'm pretty sure I've decided. I just haven't started yet. Um, but in the meantime, we were lying around the other day. We had a little bit of extra uh, uh, store credit to use at the Google Play Store, trying to find something good to uh, to add to the software library on our phones. And I came across the fact that Monument Valley has finally been added to the Android Store. <gasps> Welcome oh! to the club. So I started playing Monument Valley. It's so addicting. Did you finish it in one night? Uh, I finished it over two days. Okay. I started it yesterday and I finished it today. Um, but I also got the... So A, there are bonus levels. Yes. I don't know if you were aware of that. Mm, there's and two B, bonus there's, packs. Uh huh. There's also Monument Valley 2. Correct. Yes. I haven't played it yet. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't pick up the second one. I figured I'd play through the first one and the bonus levels. Mm -hmm. Um. But I also, just as a sidebar, I did a little homework. This goes back to episode 14. You did not. I did. Wow. How did you do that that far back? <laughs> um, you, the search function on, the, on our website goes through the descriptions, and you tag descriptions in all of our episodes. I did a good job. Well done. Great job. I did a good job. You if too, you listener. Curious, the Summer Olympics were going on at that time. Oh. Okay. And JJ had just seen Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things was part. better than we'll, the other. We'll skip, yeah, we'll skip yeah. that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a great game. No kidding. I, oh man, I'm, I didn't know that. I need to now maybe get a new game on my phone. <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of 10 hours to drop into a, a mobile game to bring you joy, JJ, you definitely do. Monument Although, Valley. definitely play this one with the sound on. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be a on the phone at home game. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the mobile game you take out and play in, on the subway. Well, you could, but just have headphones in because the music is, and it's not always music. It's atmosphere and things like that. Is it's a designed yeah. experience, even though it's just a puzzler style game. It's just beautiful, and and gosh, that game was so good. Now I want to play it again. Yeah, one of the it was. I remembered. I remembered the number. Um, because it, it stuck with me, but there's one level of eight um, in the original pack. Okay, describe it. It's just called The Box. Hmm. And so it starts out, the, the level starts out with just 
you're looking at a box. Oh, uh, okay. It, it looks kind of like a puzzle cube. And yeah. You can open the lid in different directions yep. to expose different parts of the box. Yeah. And just the way that it, the way that the box unfolds and then the way that the level concludes is just this beautiful moment of just artistry mm-hmm. with uh, playing around with the three dimensions of the game. I don't think that we said it on this podcast and I don't think I'll ruin it for JJ still because that moment at the end. Yeah. When you kind of get it right. Like the, that they were telling a story. Yes. Yeah. I know the the one you're talking about. Um, Cause there's a lot of atmospheric storytelling that doesn't really wrap up until the last moment of the last original level. Which is cool. This is a good game. That's a really good game. That's a good Google pickup. Good job. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked to hear that now because I have been interested in playing that game and now I have a chance. Well yeah. maybe I have to play yeah, Monument yeah. too. I I have a feeling I wouldn't if you do wind up getting in the second one, I will not be far behind you. Oh awesome. Awesome. If people want to contact us, they oh. have to find us at podcast at webergamers.com or webergamers.com the website where all our, our episodes are yeah that youtube thing will be ongoing as well it will be and it's one of the many things that will be going on this year and webergamers.com is gonna be focus number two after this ongoing youtube is like a gigantic ball we rolled it up the hill and now it's kind of rolling itself down you know it's not it's not the amount of work that it was to get it started, but I do want to applaud just for a second all those YouTube streamers out there that make <laughs> all that stuff looks I know there's a lot of tools for those guys that, you know, Twitch or not just guys, I shouldn't say guys, but the people that Twitch and all that, you can export straight to YouTube and there's a lot of those types of tools to make things easier. But learning about all those tools is actually more work than people think. So And a lot of uh the big streamers have actual people doing that stuff for them because they are streaming for eight to 10 hours a day and then don't have time. Right. It is. It's time consuming, even with the tools and having a workflow. Like I have a workflow now and, and I just applaud them for doing the work or the people that do the work for them. So check out, we were gamers.com. The search function on it is apparently quite strong. (laughs) I'm actually like, that's really rad to hear that you were able to figure that out. Cause I just assumed that, you somehow listen you knew it was near the beginning and so you just started at like 10 and then fast forwarded around (laughs) no i didn't remember where it was and so i just went to the search bar and typed in monument and episode 14 pops up uh we're gonna be on twitter right we're still on twitter oh yeah we We were gamers we tweet on there uh facebook as well we're still on there as well we Uh, facebook get at us Mm -hmm. yeah we were gamers Instagram at We Were Gamers. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of cool Find computer it. component pictures on Instagram as well as other video game related things. It's fun. We're, we're here. We're doing it. <laughs>